With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. Welcome to Breadwinning Moms with Chloe. I am your host, Chloe Taylor Brown. I am very excited that you are here with me today, and I'm very excited to be here with you today. We do have a wonderful show lined up for you. It is going to be something that is not too far from what I love, and that is authenticity. Is it the new number one trend in big and small business today? I've been hearing a lot of talk about authenticity in corporate America and organizations, and even just recently read an article in Forbes about authenticity. So we're going to ask the questions about managers making their way through leadership transition. You know, life is a transition, and I think that corporations are starting to tap into this whole thing of authenticity, and especially when their leaders are moving up higher, because what was once authentic to them may be holding them back. So authenticity is a great thing, but you have to know how to use it. And also, if you're working in a corporation or your own company, do your managers need to rethink themselves and their roles and their authenticity? Do you personally, as a breadwinning mom, a working mother, a business owner, need to rethink what you're doing as far as authenticity. Well, we're going to talk about all of that today. I have a phenomenal guest lined up for you today. I'm so excited. I just really got to have my very first conversation with her earlier this week, and the conversation was going in such a fluid, and it was just really flowing, and I thought, wait, wait, wait. I want to ask all these questions, but I think i like to save them for the radio show, and fortunately, um, she was available for today's show. So again, we're talking about authenticity and we're going to be uh, talking to uh, Chantel Thompson. Also, she is our director of suite, uh, uh, director of client engagement from Sweet Job Spot. She's going to be joining us a little bit later and talking about authenticity in the workplace and looking for jobs. Well, what I want to do is I don't want to wait any longer in bringing my guest on. I want to tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Deborah Hubbard, and she says that she is proud to say that her Black don't crack. The concept behind the creation of Black Don't Crack was she is the founder, CEO, and president of this organization, corporation, Black Don't Crack. This brand originated from the many trials that she's experienced throughout her own life. 
And she says that she is a proud survivor of the destructiveness of depression, financial instability, divorce, bouts with health, the pain of loss, struggles with regrets, and the immobilizing blows of physical and mind-shattering mental abuse. There's so much more, and we're going to get into that. So please help me to welcome to Breadwinning Moms with Chloe, Miss Deborah Hubbard, founder and CEO of Black Don't Crack. Hello, Deborah. Hi, Chloe. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I know that you have a tight schedule, and I really appreciate you squeezing this in. You are one fascinating woman, and I think we do have a lot in common, but your your record is very, very, very extensive and is deep and is long and wide. So first of all, I love your concept, your message as the founder and the CEO of Black Don't Crack. Let's let's start there and then we're going to jump around. How did you come up with this? And uh, it's just taken off and, and people are really loving it. Yeah, it's it's just so exciting. Uh, I wish I could put it in words in like a few minutes, but it's just, oh God, it's just so much. But actually, I... Um, I was going through some challenges and struggles and obstacles in my life. And this is, this may sound really crazy. Somebody was hitting on me. Uh, this guy was hitting on me and he was asking me some questions about my life. And I was telling him that I had three children and I was putting a daughter through college and whatever. And he made a comment that, well, uh, how old are your children? He goes, cause he couldn't believe my age. And I told him my age and he goes, okay. I heard women lying to be younger for their age, but come on, you know, he did, so he kept saying all these flattering things to me. And at the end of the the conversation, he said to me these three words. He goes, if you are all of those things that you, that you are just talking about, you are black dog crack. And that night it just kept resonating with me and resonating. And I thought about those three words and I said, you know, if you think about it, black don't crack. It could have, it could take so many meanings on, and you know, the true meaning or the original meaning for black don't crack, because of the melanin that we have on our skin, in our skin, is looking good for your age. But I thought if I could expound on that and broaden that, that it could be relatable to just about everybody because we all go through struggles. We all have pain in our life. We ha- all have things where we fell down and we must get up. And that's where I was in my life. And at the time that this opportunity came to me with that phrase, I just thought really quick and I said, maybe I should get this trademarked. And so I started out and I called an attorney to see if it was still available with the USPTO. And sure enough, it was. And I claimed it. And from there, I started a business. And that's all she wrote. I love this now for those of us who don't know what that entails, uh, the trademark and registration and copyright, um, what, what are the distinctions and what did you do? Well, the distinction is uh, a trademark is either a name, a phrase, or a logo. Uh, to patent something is basically like a gadget or you know, something that you're creating. Um, so for my business name, I have 
this federal trademark name as Black Don't Crack. Uh, gosh, it takes anywhere from eight months, anywhere from six months to a year to actually go through the actual process of trademarking. You have to go through an opposition uh, period for a whole month that people can challenge you. Um, they publish your name in the National Gazette, and if someone wants to challenge you, they can. So I was really fortunate and blessed that, um, you know, I just had the the honor of trademarking a phrase that's been around for generations. Well, that is really amazing to me. So even though, so I'm an author, I've written three books. And so my book here that I have in my hand that actually is a part of this whole authentic process and authentic woman is called Getting Ready Chloe Style, Perfecting Your Authentic Image. And let's just say I wanted to trademark Getting Ready Chloe Style. You never know. So because this book is copyrighted, do I still need to have Getting Ready Chloe Style trademarked? Well, you know, it depends on how far you want to go with it. Um, mm -hmm. Copyright is certainly different. Usually a copyright has to do with books or writing or poems or whatever you're doing as far as writing. Uh, uh -huh. A trademark, say if you wanted to take that a little bit further and you wanted to start an apparel line and put your that name on hats or T-shirts or whatever, that's when that would come into, into play. Okay, got you. This is really fascinating because, you know, most of the, the women uh, and some gentlemen too, that, but most of the women that listen to Breadwinning Moms with Chloe, of course, are working mothers, breadwinning moms, and they're professional from all different genres of work. And a lot of them are entrepreneurs. I know that a lot have written books and they have these great ideas. So you just share some really applicable information with us it's very, that we love. So thank you so much much for that little lesson <laughs> now that we've gotten that out of the way. So um, now you, when I, when we look at you, you're just gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous. It seems from head to toe, you are a model and you're not ashamed of bragging on your age of being in your fifties and you just look so amazing. So when you look at you, you don't think you've had any struggles or anything because this big old beautiful smile and this great glowing complexion. So what have you gone through that you that you could have cracked up or cracked or broken or shattered? Well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because um, when I first started out, I remember going to a festival and I, you know, I saw a lot of events and um, I was going to a festival and a gentleman approached me and he was maybe in his late sixties and he was a professor. And so I was telling him, I was sharing with him my whole concept of my brand and what I wanted to do with it. And he thought it was brilliant. And he said, the only thing, and this is in the very, the beginning stages. And he said to me, well, you know what, Deborah, he goes, um, he gave me a compliment and he said, as beautiful as you are, and the way that you carry yourself, I think your story is going to be a hard sell because pretty much you could probably bat your eyes and get what you want. And I don't know if people will really look at you and really connect those struggles that you've been through. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, it's really sad that you would judge a book by its cover. Because, you know, most people are going through, going through struggles or obstacles or whatever they're going through on a daily basis. And we don't know that. 
you know. And so for me, I was going through a divorce, and, you know, I was married for 16 years. My relationship was over a 19-year period. And for me to have to just reinvent myself and to start all over again, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And I was really at the brink of cracking. But because of my faith, number one, and because I am a fighter and I, you know, I am resilient, I just said that I would not crack under the pressures. That's amazing. You know, and when you're a woman of a certain age and you're looking the way that you look and the energy that you have and uh, to be able to keep that smile on your face, it to me, it speaks volumes that, you know, for other women to say, wow, she's gone through some things and she didn't crack, but I want to find out what she used or what she did. Do people ever ask you, well, what did you do to get through it? Oh, gosh, what did I do to get through it? I would say, number one, God. You know, God, uh, first of all, he says that he will give you the desires of your heart. And I always knew from a young girl, uh, my mother, um, she instilled a great foundation uh, with all of her children. I'm from a large family, eight girls and three boys. I'm the youngest daughter. And um, she just always told us, number one, in life you can do whatever you want to do or, or achieve. And she always would tell us growing up that we were the best. So those two things, with having a strong foundation and just walking in who I am and what I knew from what she told me that I was the best, I believed it. And because I believed it, I didn't accept anything less than being the best or getting the best in my life. So I knew that some great opportunity was going to come my way. I didn't know how, when, or where. And I certainly didn't know that I would be connected with Black Don't Crack. But I embrace it now because it's inspiring. And it's not just women. Uh, my brand is inclusive. It's for men, women, children. It's actually even transcending the color line of just being you know, black. Um, so, you know, gosh, what can I say to that? I mean, I'm just, I'm just fortunate that, you know, at the, at this particular time in my life that this happened. This is amazing. And if you're just joining us or listening, you are listening to Bread Winning Moms with Chloe. I am your host, Chloe Taylor Brown. And we are talking to Deborah Hubbard. She's the founder and CEO of Black Don't Crack. And she has a fascinating story. So now, Deborah, uh, as far as the business is concerned, at what point did you realize this concept was going to become your business and tell us about your business. Oh, okay. So I, it was funny. I sat on a panel the other uh, last month for uh, Women's History Month. And uh, on the panel, there were five women and everybody basically explained how they got started in their business. And one of the questions was put to us as to, okay, so what were, how did you get funding for your business? You know, did you borrow from your family? Did you get, did you have to put up collateral? Did you have to get bank loans or whatever? And it's, I always tell everybody, don't think you have to have money to start a business because you don't, because you can find the money. And so when I initially started my business, I stepped out on the limb and I had to pay my rent. My rent was due. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm stepping out on the limb. I'm going to invest in my business. So I took 
X amount of money. I bought 300 or 400 shirts, T-shirts. I started, I got a logo made up. I pressed, I pressed it on a shirt, and I went out to this festival, the National Black Theater Festival, and I made maybe about two grand, $2,000. And for me, that was God showing me um, commitment. Once you make a commitment to something, you know, he'll honor that. So I, you know, the women that bought my shirts and men, they were just like, wow, this is a great concept. You know, I want to join the Black Don't Crack movement. So from there, it evolved into a movement. And, you know, ideally, did I think that it was going to even evolve into this? I did, I ha- I did not have a clue. But as it broadens and, you know, people, the, the first thing they say is like, wow, you know, I know a friend that has overcome breast cancer. She's a breast cancer survivor. She would love to have this shirt. The shirt, the shirt will empower her. You know, I, I have a friend that always says black don't crack because they look young for their age. So, you know, you just have people with all different stories that are connected to black don't crack in their very own way. And it's like, I couldn't have scripted that. <laughs> It's really amazing. So within your business, how many people are working with you and don't say, oh, I'm just doing everything by myself? (laughs) No, really. Uh, Up until December, I was doing everything by myself. And my business is a a whole year and a half long. Um, I've been in business for a year and a half. And um, I actually hired uh, a campaign director. Uh, Her name is Kenya Parham. And she has helped me um, revamp my business in a lot of different ways. And we're doing so many different things, campaigns, and we're really connecting to the narrative of what Black on Crack really is about um, and socially getting connected and, you know, with uh, different foundations and what have you. But, um, yeah, so basically it's just Kenya and I and then my daughter, She um, she's on my team. And then whenever I meet my family, I pull my son. So uh, it's, still a small business and and we're still growing and hopefully in the next year we're going to see it even grow even more uh actually faster i'm really impressed that you're doing so well in uh just a year and a half and that's very encouraging for for women and men too who want to start a business to step out and really you're doing this in a very authentic way and you are an authentic woman so share with us, um, first of all, I want to complete my thought, stepping out on faith with a vision and being intentional about it. And if you can draw from a sense of authenticity, I feel that that makes it better. And uh, there's been a lot of talk. I, I just coaching uh, with corporate women and professional women. And I realized that with the corporate clients, they're talking more about authenticity. Uh, well, you know, women such as ourselves, we've talked about authenticity for years And so now I think that they're realizing that um, their employees are wanting to be more whole and holistic and authenticity uh, is a way to be that, but we still have to be a little careful with that and know what authenticity is in the workplace. So do you feel that what you're doing now, Deborah, is being true to who you are as an authentic woman? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I couldn't have asked for a better gift. Um, I think about, you know, when I share with, um, you know, just people in general, they'll ask me, 
you know, how did you get started or, you know, how did you stay disciplined to, you know, just running a business by yourself? And, you know, I was really fortunate, number one, Chloe, because, you know, to have a business that a name that's pretty much branded already, because Black Don't Crack, Mm -hmm. if you ask uh, nine out of ten people, they know what it means. So it was already branded in one aspect. I just added a double mantra to it. And the double mantra is resiliency or overcoming adversity. So that, number one, that people spend their lifetime, 10 years, trying to work on the branding uh, for their business. And so that was already done. And and the double mantra, it's just been flying. So, but I did have, I remember when I, I started, you know, we all have girlfriends or guy friends that, that we talk to all day on the phone, and, and you're basically talking about nothing, and you're wasting time. So one of my best friends, um, she used to play professional tennis, Nina Garrison. I would just get on the phone with her, and we would just talk and waste time. And I said, we need to do something constructive, you know. And so when, when this was presented to me about Black Don't Crack, what I asked her is I said, you know what, I need you as a friend to hold me accountable for um, helping me succeed in this new business that I claim that I want. So, and I said, and in doing that, I said, I just need you to do me a a small favor. I need you to help me stand accountable to myself and my business for five minutes a day. So I invested at least five minutes a day consistently for, you know, for such a long period of time. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, you know, a month or two, I said, I'm just going to do it indefinitely. So I, but I need you to hold me accountable for five minutes a day. So she would call me and say, okay, what did you do for five minutes today? And what did you do for five minutes today? But then I found out once I was putting in that five minutes, before you knew it, I was at 15 minutes. And then I was at 20 minutes. And then I was at a half hour, an hour. And it just, the time just kept going because I was so engrossed in my business because it started taking off. And so I always, when, when I'm sharing about my business, I talk about, number one, having a passion for what you do. Because if you don't have a passion for what you do, you're going to hate it. You're not going to like it. You're going to complain and you're going to be miserable. So you have to get connected with your passion. And number two, you have to get connected with your purpose. And so I knew that my purpose was because it was actually my like I'm really just carrying on an extension of my mother's legacy because she empowered people. She loved people. She inspired people. She helped people. And that so runs through my veins. So when I had the opportunity to connect the dots through Black Don't Crack, I was like, okay, I love what I'm doing because I love embracing people and just the stories and testimonies that I get about how they are inspired. And then my purpose, my purpose was being fulfilled because I was full. And then first and foremost was that my, that all of this was lined up with the will of God. So when I had that strong triangle and the foundation of it being, you know, my faith, my business just soared. And, you know, it's like nothing can stop me now. (laughs) Don't you love it when you can say that and have that little chuckle? Yes. (laughs) Nothing can stop me now. I love it. I love, love, love. So two of the things that um, just really resonated with me, you said 
passion and purpose. I love that because authenticity comes out of that. It's, it all goes hand in hand to be an authentic woman. We've got to be able to be present and still enough to tap into our own self and by asking ourselves, who, who am I right now? Not who I was two years ago or last year, you know, before the stuff. We because we have an opportunity now to be who we want to be. And we we don't have to take the things that we don't want to take with us. Those are experiences that we can learn from, but there are moments and legitimate times in our lives that we can take what is authentic for us, tapping into our purpose and our passion, and really create a new persona or a new identity. I often talk about the identities of being a model. I love that you are, you have been a model since a long time ago and probably started around the same time and that you still (laughs) are a model. Talk about your identity as a model. Oh gosh. Well, you know what? Uh, If you look today and you look at the pressures of being a model, when I modeled, it was a lot of fun. It was like, you know, I think a lot of my friends or my um, other associates, like they, like we embraced who we were. We loved our bodies. We loved the way we looked. We didn't have the uh, pressure of, you know, being thinner than what we were. We just embraced who we were. So for me, it was like, you know, gosh, you can get paid for basically looking good (laughs) or beautiful, you know, so that was an asset. But I just think that um, today, you know, everything that comes along with modeling, you, you know, like you, you have women and actually men that are having eating disorders or whatever. And I just think that, you know, but it starts from the foundation of who you are. That's why, you know, I encourage anybody that has their children going into modeling or um, acting or, you know, entertainment in any way, shape or form that, you know, you really need to talk to them. You have to talk to them about rejection because you know that it's like only one person is getting the job and there might be a thousand people that try out for the job so you know you have to have um you know a pretty high self-esteem about yourself you have to believe in yourself you have to love yourself and you know for me if I didn't get the job it was like there's a better one coming so I always was optimistic and I think that that helped me today even apply those same little principles to my business. And I think that's when, you know, nothing but success can come your way. I love that. Um, Yes, I believe also that from my perspective, there was less pressure for for me as a model in the 80s and 90s, Uh, especially in the 80s. It was about, you know, every most of us, I didn't hear people not really liking themselves. We just took what we had and made the most of it. And, um, you know, we would do what we needed to do. And it was a lot of fun. I I remember having a lot of fun being a model in San Francisco and in Europe. And and when I came to Atlanta initially, it was a lot of fun. And in my mind of just starting to model again in January of this year, I'm intentionally intending to have fun with it again. I couldn't see anything but fun while you, as you said, you get paid to 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 stay in shape because you got to stay in shape and you get paid to look good and dress up and put on makeup and and uh, exactly. it, it can be hard work 
But I mean, it's it's a really nice little gig, don't you think? I think it's like, you know, I still do it too, and um, you know, I still go on calls and. You know, and it's kind of, it keeps me on my A game. It's like, okay, you know, um, here we are, Deb, you're in front of the camera, show them what you have. So it's kind of like a challenge for me, but it's, it's just fun. I I mean, I just love it. And, you know, another thing that being a model does for me, uh, and I'm having to keep reminding myself that this is how it was before, you're always ready because you never know when you have to be ready. So you have to be, yeah, you have to always be ready because you could get a call that says, well, I need you to be here in, in, in two hours and you have to be ready already. So it does keep exactly. on your acting. Well, exactly. it's I funny because like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got a direct booking and they were like, okay, you have to be there at such and such time. Da, 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 da. And you just have to be on your A game. But think about life. If you're prepared, you're never beaten. If you're prepared, you're never beaten. You, you'll win. So, and that's what I try and teach my kids, you know, just prepare for everything that you want. And nine out of 10 times, you're going to get it. How old are your children? I have a 27-year-old daughter, and um, she's a flight attendant for United. And then I have a 20-year-old son, and he goes to LMU in uh, uh, Los Angeles. And then I have a 16-year-old that's an aspiring actor. Actually, he's a, he is an actor because he actually had some gigs. <laughs> oh, great. You sound similar to me in my children's ages. Well, this has been really extraordinary. I would love for you to tell everybody how they can connect with you and how they can keep in touch with you via social media or what you're working on that's coming up next. Oh, great. Um, well, our social medias, we're always um, out there. Um, we're, we actually, we do a lot of events across the country. Um, I travel. We do festivals. We do women's groups. I mean, you name it. We're out there just getting, um, you know, the narrative about our brand and what we represent out there. And then we have some cute little T-shirts, too. So uh, we have a double thing going on. But we are on all the social medias, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my handle is MyBLKDon'tCrack. And then you can find us on Facebook at Black Don't Crack LLC. So we're always posting. Um, if you go on our, our website, MyBlackDon'tCrack.com, you can actually sign up. And if you sign up, you get a 5% discount for if you want to order a shirt. And, um, and we ask people that when you wear our shirt, don't only look at it in the light that, wow, I look good for my age, but you can now look at these people in a different light and you can say, wow, what has that person overcome? Because I love that. <laughs> you know, that is wonderful. I've got to get a couple of black dog crack uh, t-shirts. Uh, I saw some cute styles. I saw that you had uh, the real fitted ones. I love them when they're nice and fitted. You have a long sleeve one. And I saw that you had a kind of a strappy tee. So I'll have to um, keep uh, watch out on your website to see what you're doing there. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us and especially on such a short 
notice, we have been talking to Deborah Hubbard. She is the founder, president, and CEO of Black Don't Crack, a movement about resilience and triumph through adversity, which originated from trials Deborah has experienced throughout her life and how she's leveraged these life lessons to support herself and other women. I just love it when you can find a way to support other people and especially other women from what you've learned in your life. So I want to thank you and commend you for what you're doing, Deborah Hubbard. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. And I'll be in touch with you soon. All righty. Bye, -bye. Bye for now. Bye. We have, uh, we've been talking to uh, Deborah Hubbard. She's been with us live from Los Angeles and it's been a really great conversation. You're listening to Breadwinning Moms. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor-Brown. And our topic today is authenticity. Is it the new number one trend in big and small business today? I think that it's not necessarily a trend. It's just that certain companies and organizations and professionals are catching up that being authentic is a good thing. And we are going to transition and we're going to bring on our Sweet Job Spot contributor. She is the director of client engagement from Sweet Job Spot, and that is Ms. Chantel Thompson. Hello, Chantel. How are you today? Hello, Chloe. Can you hear me? I sure can. How are you doing today? Chantel? I guess uh, I'm not really sure what's going on with Chantel, but we have a caller on our line and Chantel will be calling back, I'm sure, but I'm going to open up the line for uh, someone who's asking to come on with the area code 916-617. Hello, you are live with Brett Winning Moms with Chloe. Hello, Chloe. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am well. I was just listening to um the black on crack lady, and I really, you know, get it. You know, she she has a good movement going with that black stone crack. I think so too. And as she said, that it's um, it has two meanings. Of course, the uh, the melon kissed uh, youthful skin that women of color have, and also uh, being a strong woman who's able to go through adversity. And to be uh -huh. able to stand back up and just get up again. I'm going to keep you on for just a second, uh, Marilyn, and I'm going to bring Chantel Thompson back on with us. Okay. Could you hold on with me and stay live with us for a few minutes? Yes, I can. Thank you. Okay. So Chantel, you are back with us. Uh, how are Hi, you doing today, Chantel? I'm a little are confused, you, apparently. <laughs> well, don't worry about it. We've all been there. So we are speaking live to Chantel Thompson. She is Director of Client Engagement for Sweet Job Spot. And we are talking about career advancement and being authentic. And I know that, as always, uh, you have something really great to share with us. And say hello to Marilyn from Sacramento, California. Oh, hi, Marilyn from Sacramento. How's everything going? Going well, and you, Chantel, glad to hear you on the radio show today. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. Yes. Yeah, sure. um, well, Marilyn, we're going to put you back on hold, and if you'd like to, to chime back in, just let us know. We'll bring you back, okay? 
Okay, thank you so and much. And thank you so much for your continued support. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a few minutes or, or next time. Just a second. You're welcome. My, my pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. Chantel, this is really exciting. I've been uh, an exciting time. I've had a really wonderful conversation uh, with our previous guest, Deborah Hubbard, who is the founder and president and CEO of Black Don't Crack, a new movement of authenticity. So what's been going on with you and what do you have new for us today? <laughs> um, well, what I have new today is I wanted to talk a little bit about what you should be revealing about your true self after 30 days of dating your job. Hmm. Say that again. We're talking about what, how much of your true self should you reveal after 30 days at a new job? I would say I had to say, you know, the kind of like, hmm, because that is a very intriguing question. Now, from my perspective, some people don't reveal themselves after 30 years. No, that's a long time. But I'm really curious to find out what you have to say about this. Well, it's true. Most people. Um, most people eventually do reveal themselves one way or the other. Um, say, for example, you know, we all have weaknesses. And in a job interview, we're always asked what our weaknesses are. And usually we start to put our best foot forward to say things like, oh, my biggest weakness is that I take on too much work and I, um, you know, I try so hard, I just, I just can't get everything done in 24 hours that I spend working on these projects. Or I have so much enthusiasm, I tend to get away from myself and, and uh, run projects and take on multiple projects. We always try to say something that makes ourselves sound um, overqualified. I, I'll, put, I'll say that as a word, overqualified. I like to take on too much. I do too much work, people can't get me away from my desk, etc. Oftentimes we don't tell the real truth, which can be, uh, sometimes I'm like 15 minutes late chronically, I, you know, um, I like to do my makeup in, in my desk, at my desk, or in my cube, um, or, um, or just, you know, I like teddy bears and I like putting little mini teddy bears all up in the office. Um, these are little personal things that a lot of employees um, kind of don't really reveal about themselves during an interview. You want to, even your your worst foot, you still want to put your best foot forward usually. You want to try to at least look at the bright side of your, of your downside. Uh, but when you start working somewhere and you've been there 30 days, eight hours a day, it accumulates. And people start to notice little things about you. And you have a choice. Um, you have a choice to act um, a certain way. And you can say, well, I'm at work, so I'm going to act this way, which most of us do to a degree. Um, one thing I love to do when I get home is um, put on a nice pair of comfortable pants 
Um, I would not do that at work. <laughs> How about you, Chloe? <laughs> like well, I, I, of course, you know, you want to put something on, relax, and you should. So you have these different identities and personas. And if you're actually tapping into your authenticity, then they can work for you very well because you know at the core of yourself who you are. So if you're playing the role of a work, you know, uh, of a project manager uh, for different two different corporations, they both may have different types of culture. So you're going to be yourself, but you're going to play into the culture of the corporation while at the same time holding on to that your self-respect and not shifting. But you know what, Chantel, I was doing a little research as far as you know this revealing your true self and after the 30 days and even after a couple of years is that um, sometimes that could be problematic if you're, if you're holding on to your authenticity and you're being too rigid in a self-concept of who you are. So especially if you are advancing in your career, you may have used one thing to get you there, your skills, but now you are elevating and now you may have to shift. And I've learned that some people have a hard time of, of shifting because they think it's not really being authentic. Have you ever run into anything like that? Um, yes, I've run into that. Um, I have been um, around other people that do it. There's been times where I've done it. A lot of times um, you've got to really think about yourself as always a work in progress. So... We're here on this earth for 70 or 80 years, depending on how long you're going to live, and you're never going to get it 100,000% right. You know, it's always going to be something you can improve or fix or change or grow. Just like, you know, my first job, um, well, the first job I'll talk about, because I had another job before that, you know, we had the babysitting jobs, a lot of ladies. Um, have had the babysitting jobs or the uh, fast food jobs or the retail store jobs, you know, as young girls and where, you know, our, our biggest responsibility really was just kind of to show up on time and make sure nothing got burned down, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what a lot of babysitting was, like make sure the kids don't burn the house down. <laughs> okay. And if they do, call 911, you know. Um, and you're a kid and you're, you're young, you're a young lady, so it's fun. You can occupy the children, play games with them, read stories to them, um, you know, discipline them as needed. And, and you, you know, as long as they don't run away or burn the house down, you know, the parents come home and they're like, okay, great. They're sleeping in their beds and they're great. Well, I, that's wonderful at, at, you know, a young age, 14 years old, your first, you know, experience with responsibility but as you get older, um, for example, if you're babysitting, maybe you, uh, you know, you bring some of your own stuff, you wear whatever clothes you want, they don't make you wear a uniform, um, you know, you've got your sneakers and your jeans on and things like that. But as we progress into the working world, you know, those outfits don't, don't coordinate, um, <laughs> you know, with, the, with your job, maybe you can't, you can't wear the jeans and the t-shirts. So if you can't wear the jeans and the t-shirts, then maybe your attitude might need to be slightly different too. You're not going to be playing on the floor with children. You'll be standing up or sitting down 
or um, on a conference call or in a conference room with other people. And as you do that, you're going to have to adjust. Um, you know, there's all types of little habits that we tend to have, you know, at home, um, you know, stuff we love to do. Uh, one thing that I used to love, and I haven't done it in a long time, but I used to love it, and I know this is going to probably sound a little disgusting, so I'm giving you a warning. I used to sit in front of my couch, grab some floss, and floss my teeth and watch TV. Well, I would never do that at work, right? Well, I've just gotten this visual that I was literally, right, you wouldn't, but I was at, had just finished speaking in December and we were, all of the speakers were asked to join, to stay over uh, at the hotel and the organizer bought us dinner and paid for the hotel. It was really great. And literally, I could not believe my eyes. Someone passed. Um, they weren't toothpicks. They were some things that you buy that you just, and I was thinking, who in the world passed this around and who has a nerve to pass it to me. <laughs> so, so no, you would not do that at work, nor would you groom yourself in that way in a public restaurant or any public place, I would think. So that really did take me someplace, Chantel Thompson, a sweet job spot. <laughs> not a real person and that you don't do those things and I think <laughs> we, have to find, we have to find ways that we understand that there are certain things you do that are appropriate for the environment that you're in it doesn't mean that you can't do those things when you're at home or you know in the company of really close friends and family uh, but maybe at work that isn't what you want to do. Hold on one second. How do I phone call? And it was interrupting. So, so I say think about it, you know, that way. And even when you're starting your job and you're in the beginning, you're new and you're on your really best behavior. And usually it's about 90 days of evaluation before they decide whether they really want to keep you around or, or keep you moving. So in the first 30 days, you know, you can bring in something that's kind of representative of yourself, and you can be authentic. The biggest, the best way to be authentic, I believe, is to ask a lot of questions. Ask as many questions as you can think of in within the, that time frame. So first, you know, you were on your best behavior. You got this job. Now, you know, you want to know a little bit more. You want to explore. Even if you don't say the words, Usually, this is a good time for you to start kind of getting that reveal for them to reveal a little bit about themselves, too. So asking a lot of questions about maybe uh, the job, maybe about, um, you know, future responsibilities, because they usually won't keep everything on you in the first place. And if you're a contractor or a temp, you know, bringing up, hey, do you think that this would uh, turn into a long-term position? What, you know, how, how do you think my performance has been for the past 30 days? What areas do you think I can improve on? Um, you know, they might see something that you're really great at that you didn't know you were good at, or they might see something that you thought you were great at 
that you're not that great. <laughs> and they might move you into a different position based on you revealing your true self. One thing I know about myself is I'm a talker. I've always been a talker. I like to talk. <laughs> I'm not really the quiet person who likes to sit in the corner. So um, oftentimes that can be a conflict with the type of jobs that I may have or or the type of, of role I might be put in. And they might say, well, you like to talk a lot, but this role we thought of as a very quiet role that somebody would just, you know, put on some headphones and just do some computer work because computer work is kind of quiet. So, so when you're, when you're in that zone and if you, if you see a fit, if you don't see a fit, if you see some opportunities, that's a good time for you to come out and say, Oh, I do that. Or I'd like to do that. Um, that would be interesting. What about, do you have any projects involving uh, training or public speaking, or do you have anything involving um, whatever it is that you like? Ask around because a lot of companies do have they have uh, interest groups. They have um, special projects that need to be done that they need somebody to work on, and they would have never asked you, but you came to them and you said, "These are some things I also like to do that I that aren't part of the job description, but I'm very passionate about." Just like. Uh, your previous guest talking about that passion that you need to get your job, to get, to have a business get off the ground. You need that same uh, passion at your job as well. You know, in thinking about, you know, the passion and what uh, Deborah Hubbard was talking about, and Deborah was our first guest, and she's a CEO and founder of Black Don't Crack, which is a movement now that has really taken off in just less than two years. But, um, I, I like the whole thing that she was talking about purpose and passion. And that's how you can know if you're being authentic, that you just love what you're doing and you're getting up and you're excited to get get going. Even if you're tired, you can be exhausted, but you can still love what you're doing. I think that sometimes when we lose that passion, Chantel, we could, we could be out of work, we could be looking for a job or in a job or just leaving a job. I think that in order to move beyond that, that we need a little uh, something to stimulate ourselves and to educe that authenticity from, from us. And I've created something that I want to offer anyone that's listening. It's, it's uh, a free gift to you. You can go to my website that is breadwinningmomswithchloe.com. Again, that's breadwinningmomswithchloe.com. And you're going to go to how to discover your authentic innermost self. And it is a progressive, powerful way to start thinking, feeling, being, and acting more authentically every day. So you're going to get some a series of MP3s and you're going to get a, a brief, a written document that's going to explain you to you and the 12 vital abilities that make up you. So I would encourage you and also... Right here, if you're listening to this on Blog Talk Radio or any of the, the streams that may pick it up, right on uh, in this link on uh, this website, you can click on how to discover your authentic innermost self and get those free downloads, MP3s and, and uh, uh, PDF files for your then, own personal development. What were you going to say? 
I was just going to say, and how amazing that is, because when I listen to CEOs and various people talk, they didn't start off being a leader. You know, they became a leader because of all the passion they had for their work and 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 for the job they were doing and um, for the the company they worked for. And so, when you have that kind of passion. The change, the shift is now can be natural or more natural to go from you know somebody who started as a stock boy to becoming the CEO of the company. This happens all the time. I um, recently read about um Kat Cole, who's um, CEO of Cinnabon. You know, she started off as a as a waitress at a Hooters restaurant. Um, you know, just to make ends meet. She was one day. She had been working a job, and um, she, the chef didn't show up. The cook, you know, they cook wings and, and fast, uh, fast casual food. So the, the cook didn't show up. You know, her manager was like, I, you know, I don't know what to do. Do we close the restaurant? There's nobody here to cook the food. And she volunteered to cook it. Sure, it can't be that hard. You know, it's wings. Uh, with some sauce and a basket, I'm sure I can do it. So she did that. And after that, she, you know, she learned all the roles in the restaurant. And so she was able to then manage a restaurant and open new restaurants all across the world um, because she was passionate and interested and she had to go get her type of attitude. But I think if you show that authenticity about yourself, that you are passionate in other ways, just because you might have gotten a job that you might not love, um, you can uh, you can transform into that other role if you take on the initiative. And just like you're talking about with that authenticity, being yourself, say, you know, your, your role is as a receptionist. Well, I don't just know how to be a receptionist. I can plan events. I can... Um, put together contracts, I can, um, you know, send out these elaborate um, emails with other information. I can't, I don't just answer the phone. So when you think about what you can bring to the table and things that you like to do that go beyond the job description, that's when you're really being very authentic. I also like the story of one of my favorite clients uh, from the Home Depot, who's Anne Marie Campbell, of starting out as a cashier. I think she was just entering college. Uh, she started out as a cashier, and now she's uh, one of the top executives in over, um, I think, 13 states of stores, over 300, uh, over 100,000 people, and growing. Um, as a matter of fact, this month, she's going to be celebrating her 30th anniversary. So I love the fact that she has stayed true to herself, one of the most brilliant women that I know. And uh, I worked with her to help her to really to unleash her authenticity. And she has been very intentional about that. As a matter of fact, as a result of my coaching with Anne-Marie Campbell, president, uh, executive at the Home Depot, there were many other um, managers and directors and presidents that I coached there at the Home Depot because authenticity does work. But as we were talking earlier, you've got to uh, know that being authentic with your family and being authentic with your girlfriends and being authentic 
in uh, corporate America or being authentic uh, in, in a meeting, they're all different. So you have to weigh every situation and, and what identity are you taking with you? Because if I'm going to be going to Joshua's basketball game, my 15 year old, I'm taking my mommy identity with me. And it doesn't mean that if I run into someone who I've done business with, that I can't talk a little bit of business, but I don't have that identity on. I have the mommy identity on and I'm playing full out in that, but we can switch and go back and forth. So I say that um, in order to not to have a problematic situation, weigh which identity that you're going to be drawing from that authenticity and what game are you playing? Is it the corporate game? Is it the mommy game? Is it the girlfriend game? Is it the community develop, developer game? They all have different roles and I guess different personas and, and perhaps even different clothing, Chantel. Yes, Chloe, definitely. We all have uh, different ways of being um, and of being ourselves. And it's good to be comfortable, but you never want to be, and I will say this for uh, honestly, you never want to get so comfortable that, you know, you're letting it all hang out. You know, we all have to, as adults, you know, practice some level of restraint. And, you know, there are certain things that even in being authentic, you have to think of the next level. And like you said, as long as you're not disrespecting yourself in order to become this person, um, because that's really the true issue. You have to know who you are and where you come from and what you're here for. And if it doesn't line up, don't do it. Um, but as far as being authentic, yes. If, you're, if your job requires that you wear a suit and a tie, you know, then you wear it. And if you don't enjoy wearing it or you think there's a major problem with what you're asked to wear, I think it's important to evaluate. Well, A, is the problem a moral issue? Is it just I have personal style that, I, that I'd like to express? Maybe you'd be better off in a different environment that is more acclimated to your personal style. And I advocate for that because our, our society is so rich and diverse that we don't always I like that. You know, I would, for that. in talking about personal style, um, I've gotten, well, from the, the, the women that I've coached in corporate America, when I'm having conversations with their, uh, their direct reports, or if they are sharing some things with me, most of the negative feedback from the direct reports given to them is uh, to the leaders is about style and not their skills or expertise. And this can feel like it's a threat to a leader's personal identity, but if you think about it, just as you're saying, it's about your style, not your expertise or your professionalism. It's how are you delivering it? And it goes back to you saying about the suit or if it's just a collar shirt. If wearing a three-piece suit uh, bugs you, uh, then that if you have to wear it every day for this particular uh, profession or job, then something has to give because that's just a part of it. And if that's not authentic to you, then maybe you find a more creative arena to, to uh, display your skills and your expertise. So it's not about that. It's about your style. I like how you said that, Chantel. Thanks for, for 
for sharing that. Chantel, could you let everyone know how we can get in touch with you and, and what you can do to support them? Yes. Um, if you're an employer, you can go to my website at sweetjobspot.com and post a job. If you are looking for information about finding a job, you can also visit the website. And um, you can reach me on Facebook or on Twitter at Sweet Job Spot. I love that. Thank you so very much for sharing that. And one last thing, I believe, Chantel, that um, a lot of times when it comes to us and reinventing ourselves and, and still trying to maintain our authenticity, I think it's okay if we could change our story, you know, to change our narrative of what we tell ourselves about ourselves, you know, enhance it, elevate it. You remember we were doing mantras. Um, sometimes you're, you outgrow your mantra. So I want us to think about what we're saying to ourselves because we're always evolving and shifting and growing. So let's evolve and shift and grow and be fluid in our authenticity. That's great, Chloe. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Red Winnie Moms with Chloe. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor-Brown. Our guest today was Chantel Thompson, Director of Client Engagement for Sweet Job Spot, and Miss Deborah Hubbard, founder and CEO of Black Don't Crack. I am Chloe Taylor-Brown. You can always get in touch with me at redwinningmomswithchloe.com. Thank you so very much. And we look forward to connecting with you next week. Goodbye for now. Bye for now. Ciao. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.